0: And welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman. Success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co host Laura Shook Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello. How are you going today?
1: I am doing pretty well, Um, but I have been noticing something and we're going to talk about it today. (laughs)
0: Okay, good. Yes. Like, you know, I'm really excited about topic. I mean, as you know, Laura and I really love the emotional topics. We love the business topics and the structure topics, and those are all good, but we really love the emotional topics. (laughs) So that's what we're going to talk about today. And one of the things, so we've, I think it was a couple months ago, we sort of dove into procrastination, the idea of procrastination and how to really determine if it is actually procrastination or not, because what I think is that a lot of people lay things procrastination when really it's like the need to go slower or, you know, there's some misalignment and that's actually telling you that, you know, there's some misalignment and it's something to pay attention to. But today we want to talk about the flip side of procrastination. So what is really like when we are actually procrastinating, when we are actually avoiding or pushing off the things we know we need to do, the things we know that are aligned and good for us, but we're still sort of not doing it, you know, what's behind procrastination?
1: Yeah. Yes. i got to unearth the unconscious, which I love. Okay. So <laughs> yes, because I actually have procrastinated on a lot of things in my life. I was one of those, we've talked about this Sonia too, in school, you know, I would wait until like one of the last minute and then I'm up and doing my final and then I could pull off an A. So I eventually learned like procrastination for me in school was a coping mechanism with stress where it's like, I would just kind of put off the stress and then use it to mm. um, propel myself into action. And that was a good short-term strategy, but not sustainable. Yeah, And then later, so I've like learned over time. But in business, you know, I have really found that when you're especially a solopreneur, there's not a lot of other people you can blame. You can't point <laughs> fingers at the team that's slowing it down or this person mm. over here is, you know, bottlenecking my project. Like you really have to look at what's going on with you. And you said, like we spoke about this when sometimes it isn't procrastination, it's just a misalignment. And so you're just evaluating that and, and pivoting. But there are times that that procrastination is real because there is something you're putting off. Um, and yet you have this suspicion that you really need to do it. Like hiring that person that you really feel you need, but yet you never take any steps to start researching or interviewing or reconciling your financial reports. Cause you, you're about to, you know, go for more funding or you're about to sell your business or doing all the different things. And you just won't look at your books, mm. you know, or you need to make a big shift in your business and expand your business or, downsize or something, you know, like these big things that, you know, you want to look at. There's a part of you that wants it, but every time, you know, and it doesn't matter how many accountability partners you have, how many business coaches you show up time and time again, empty handed that you just won't make any traction. And I'm sure you've seen this. Have you seen clients do this, Sonia?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And in 20
1: years of being in business, I've done it a lot myself as well.
0: <laughs> you know, and I think that's the interesting part is like, you know, we have to become aware and catch ourselves that we're procrastinating. And we have to make sure that, again, you know, if you haven't listened to our previous sort of topic on procrastination, I would highly suggest you listen to it because we have to also be able to discern if it's really procrastination or if it's a sign for us to sort of stop and evaluate something. But when it is actually procrastination and we're just avoiding something we know is good for us, we know is important, I think that's when we have to really dig in and yeah, begin to unearth the unconscious. Because what I find is most of the time it's like a block in mindset or a block in the way we're thinking about it, or it's a limiting belief, or it's, you know, it's some mm-hmm. of those internal ideas that we have about something. And so until we integrate those and until we understand what we're looking at, you know, we we avoid it. We, we walk around it, you know, and this is what I see. Like there's, there's some people I work with for months and they're just walking around it and walking around it and walking. And even though I'm like, we need to deal with this. They're like, no, 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 it's this, it's this. it's. And I'm like, no, no, it's actually this, but it takes, it takes, <laughs> It takes them time to be able to finally go, oh all right, (laughs) let's deal with that. You know, like there's this, like, I think denial sometimes when it's something really hard or something that really feels shameful or something that has a lot of pain or trauma in it, then, you know, yeah, we want to avoid it to the best that we can. And so we just make excuses. We, we, and that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, I think that one of the things that I struggle with in this area is that so many people are like, oh, I've just been making excuses and then they beat themselves up no, 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 that's okay. Like there's something traumatic there in that little, you know, ball of stuff that we're avoiding. And so it's okay. We have to, we have to tread on it gently.
1: Yes. Yes. Very important that non-judgment and the treading gently, because what I think perpetuates that avoidance is that there is a little bit of the feeling, whatever you're trying not to feel, whatever that shame or the trauma or the, the fear, you can feel edges of it. And so then you're like, okay, not going to open that door. Let me walk Mm -hmm. away. But then there's a feeling as you feel it, you're like, and if I did go there, it would just turn into this shame spiral or I'd get completely lost in it. Um, or I'm horrible for even thinking that, or, you know, it's like all of this negative story can happen when you're just feeling the edges of it. So of course, none of us want to open that door and dive right in. Yep. So I mean, today, I think the question is, how can you approach the door? How could you look at sitting with those feelings and even at the edge of those feelings in a different way with, with curiosity and with compassion because, yeah, we tend to go all in or all out. Like, we'll completely dive into that and feel, you know, like I'm a horrible person for all of these different feelings or I'm just not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. So there is a middle ground, but it takes a mindfulness, like to sit in a, and be aware of, like, this is really hard. And one of the tools that I've actually used is – and then who is it that uses the term radical self inquiry? There's a business coach I think that's gotten. I mean, it's just a common term, but there was like a certain practice um, of just like, is that absolutely true? Is that absolutely true? Like you're just digging. Actually, um, I have a friend who was telling this story about a co-working space that she's a member of, and that one of the members that that was always his thing with everyone is he was always the why person. Like you would say. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, but why? And then you'd answer. And he's like, but why? But why? (laughs) And she's like, and it's really interesting because if somebody keeps asking you that, if you ask yourself that enough times, it's kind of like, but why? Or is that true? But why is that? Why are you, you know, because I'm going to feel like a failure. Why? Why would you be a failure? And why is that? And why is that? It's like this deeper digging because sometimes when we just keep looking, we start getting past that story or that common mask that we keep trying to throw up because once we really have to answer the deeper questions we realize that those questions are not really the questions that we need to be asking <laughs> they're all just smokes a mirror you know the mirror is that expression
0: Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I think, I mean, that, you know, that is why sometimes it's really good to have support on the outside. Like, I know I do that for my clients. I know you do that for your clients. Like, being able to have someone who can ask the right questions, you know, and who can dig into it. But, yeah, there is also a lot of techniques for self-inquiry. A lot of my clients will do morning pages or journaling because I it's find really that's really good
1: this way. Yeah. yeah.
0: And just developing a practice of that to sort of dig in and, and look at what am I feeling, what's happening and questioning that. And, you know, one thing when it's something that's a little bit more painful or a little bit more, uh, you know, that we're really avoiding and we know it, like sometimes it's good to do in and out, you know, like you, you might journal for a couple of minutes and then you might look out and sort of, um, just connect with the nature around you or connect with people. Like if I'm in a coffee shop, I might, You know, write a little bit, and then I might just look around and notice the people around me and notice things, and you know, um, just kind of put my attention out, and then you know maybe journal a little bit more and then, you know, do something else or talk to someone next to me or whatever. And I think sometimes just going back and forth is really helpful in terms of it, you know, not being too painful. We don't get stuck in it. It doesn't become this massive thing that we can't handle, but it's kind of like dipping a toe in. And each time we, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with the water, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with what, with the topic that we're looking at. And, you know, and I think, you know, on a bigger, higher level, what we need to be looking at is it's so important to embrace this stuff. Like, A lot of my clients will sort of hit things or, you know, um, something comes up around their mindset, around their fear, around things they're procrastinating with, and they're like scared to go in. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like the fact that it's coming up is awesome. Like, you know, let's deal with that. Let's play with it. Let's just feel, let's just sit with it. Like all of that's good. And I think we've got to, we've got to turn our framework around to look at like when things start coming up, when we're avoiding things and we become aware of it Awesome. That means we can actually integrate it. We can actually work with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that you bring up the ways that you can go into deep pain gently by the in out experience. And that's interesting because the neurobiology of that is social engagement. When we take attention out and we notice people, make eye contact with people, the human brain actually is wired to. Um, kind of like recalibrate itself. It, we use this word in somatic experiencing called we, we're titrating. So we're in the activation of like journaling and the shame or whatever's coming up and we kind of feel flooded. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as soon as we shift attention out, we're using a different part of the brain to see and engage with another human face and like make eye contact. And all of a sudden that that social engagement will shift us into mm-hmm a more resourced place. And so it's like beautiful that you gave that, ex- that really practical way of thinking of that when we're in a cafe, you know, yeah. and it, often people feel embarrassed when they're starting to get really emotional. They think, Oh, people are going to notice that I'm having this thing, but it's like just breathe and no one's going to notice. And then just like look around and just look at, at people and notice a face that looks really friendly and just let them smile at you and you'll smile back, you know, and just, Letting that happen um, organically. So I love that you that you brought that up. Remembering that we're not alone. So even if you're not in a therapist's office or a coach's office, you can you're doing that with strangers. You know, in a way, it's like really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I think that the the unconscious work. You know, like you said, there's lots of ways you can do the journaling. You can have deeper conversations and. What I do with my clients, which is hard to do with myself, so I have to go to a therapist to help me do it, is the, and I've done some of this with you, Sonia, is tapping into the sensations mm. of where in your body are you feeling this resistance to? So we go into our brain all the time. We're digging around in there with all the thoughts and the consciousness. Mm. That's what we've already analyzed. It's probably we've talked for years about it with our therapists or coaches or yeah. friends, you know, they're like, yeah, we know that's your pattern. Um, but there's like the ones that you don't know yet are often in your body, like a sensation that all of a sudden you notice is in your stomach every time you open your your finances, you have this pit in your stomach. So instead of trying to understand why the pit is there to go into the sensation. And feel, if you're on your own, it's just like, can I sit with this sensation, not judging it, not needing to even understand the narrative, but just allow myself to feel it, like breathe into this feeling. And sensation's interesting because usually if you give it more attention, it will move, it will Mm. change versus if you try to not feel it, it gets kind of bigger in a like rigid way, like it gets uncomfortable. You know, So sensations definitely a really good place to explore because it has story there that can sometimes come up because then you'll have an image of like, oh, I remember myself as a young woman being shamed because of this whatever thing. And every time I look at my books now, I feel that same young person inside of me. And it just makes me feel like I'm that... Person again, and that was a really traumatic time or. Yeah. And, and
0: you know, the truth is we all have these pieces and we're all working with them or not, you know, either wow. way, like I know I'm constantly working with sensations and things I'm avoiding and things I'm scared of. And, you know, like there's, I can't keep growing if I'm not working with it. And so it's like, yeah. there, there's always this pattern. So I'm often in a coffee shop with tears in my eyes. <laughs> like, you know,
1: <laughs> like, I'm guess, that one. I'm that yeah, I'm first.
0: that one. You know, people are probably looking at me going, what the hell is wrong? With that girl. And, um, you know, and I'm journaling and I'm doing the thing. And, you know, I think these are, there's lots of practices that, you know, you can learn and then, you know, practice ongoing forever. Like, you don't, I don't, I don't believe I will ever get to a place where I'm not integrating things, where I'm not, you know, bringing up old stuff, where there's not emotional things there in my body. Like, I mean, I don't think that's possible in this lifetime, maybe, but you know, for me, it's just something I just see as an ongoing practice. And if you've never played with sensation, if that's, that's kind of a foreign thing to you, I'd highly recommend getting someone like Laura, someone who works with sensation so that they can help you get started. And then over time, as you become practiced with it, then it's definitely something you can continue on your own, but it's great to have support in the beginning, because if you haven't worked with sensation, you might not fully understand what it feels like, how to interact with it, you know, like, so it's great to have a somatic therapist, to really guide you through that process. And I know like for me over time, like I use sensation all the time and I go into it and you know, I can feel the uncomfortableness. It doesn't mean I still can't use a therapist or I still can't have someone who helps me because sometimes I just can't see it or I'm stuck, but mm-hmm. I've been able to practice and utilize that over time. But I think, you know, sensation is an amazing way to do it because it takes you out of your mind um, because the mind is very tricky. And yeah. so, you know, our patterns are really interesting. And this is again, why sometimes it's really important, especially with the the mindset work or the internal blocks. It's great to have someone outside of yourself because the mind, especially with procrastination, it'll like feed you a story and then keep you perpetuating in that loop over and over and over again, very justifiably. Like so sometimes it's quite hard to break that cycle yourself. So it's great to have support to break it for you.
1: Yeah. Very good point. Yes. Cause that is protecting, you know, your psyche Mm. thinks it's protecting you because it knows that there's this thing you're afraid of. So it's like, we're going to keep telling you this story and you're going to keep avoiding and keep avoiding. But one thing I want to say about, you know, the things that you are resisting, the things that we're procrastinating on, it's important. It's actually a gift when you realize that it's there and you can identify like, this is the thing because usually those are really significant aspects of self that are seeking integration. And they're just giving you such big pushback because of their significance. You know, mm-hmm. the little things wouldn't be pushing back as much, but this is a really big piece of your psyche coming into a new state of awareness. Yeah. Like it means that there's something you're on the brink of. And That actually, when I can reframe it like that, I feel a little bit more brave. I feel a little bit more courageous because then I'm like, you know what? Like I'm on the brink of this. If I can just gently learn to open that door or just walk to the door, look at that door, know that there's something really big behind it, but that it's okay to stand here and just witness a little bit of it and just kind of even on the edge of it. Like it's It changes how I think about it if I remember that it is my psyche with something that's so important for me, that it's my work, right? It's like a part of your soul's work, if you want to think of it, or something to do with your evolution, that if you do walk into that space and you can integrate it and you can be compassionate and you can look at something that you haven't been able to look at before, then it's going to really open things up for you in a new way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that's the whole thing is we have to sort of shift how we see procrastination. And we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but you know, on procrastination, but I think, you know, procrastination is always a gift to be honest. Like it's either a gift of awareness that there is something misaligned or something we need to pay attention to, or it's a gift of awareness that there's something to be integrated. Like it really is a gift of awareness. And I think so often we're, we just sort of make procrastination bad. We lump everything into this is just procrastination, we're wrong, we're bad, we're lazy. Like I think all of that sort of beating ourselves up around it has has to stop because it's a great gift. It's a great way for us to stop and assess, wow, okay, there's something here. I need to definitely stop and evaluate, integrate, work with it, whatever it is, there is something here that is a gift. And I think if we can start to look at that, then the procrastination stops becoming a pattern. And instead it's just a symptom. You know, It's just like when our throat hurts and we know that something's going on in our
1: body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a sign to to pay attention to it. Now, I love that. And it makes me think of there's a really um, well-known book for therapists to recommend to clients because it's written really in a way that's really easy to to comprehend. And it's called... let's see, The Gift of Fear. So it's about The Gift of Fear. And I was just thinking when you were talking about The Gift of Procrastination. And when I first heard about that book, I was like, wait a minute, like, okay, that's reframing fear. Because I had so many women with domestic violence, sexual assault, you know, history. So there's a lot of trauma. And I'm thinking like, they're not going to want to know that that there's a gift in this. But the book speaks to the fact that it's like, nor it's it's like coming to be friends with this protective side of you and like Mm. realizing that there's aspects of your psyche it's not trying to bring you down it's not trying to ruin your life it's it's just really trying to protect and once we reframe that and realize like we're not against ourselves that there's just aspects of selves self that's going to to do its best to protect us in our existing story or keep something from being integrated because it's afraid. But when there's compassion for it, then there's like an ease at which you can kind of start to let some of that awareness in. So in this book, she just gives the example of like, that there's times that fear saves you from danger. And that's so important. Like you feel it. And you unconscious, like sometimes without even thinking, you just sense something in your peripheral or you feel something and you change directions. And then something would have like hit you had you not moved. Like something is just simple as realizing fear is protecting you. And sometimes there's a gift in that and changing this whole thing of trying to be fearless, which is a huge thing in our culture right now too. Like in entrepreneurs, like be fearless, just, you know, jump make the leap whatever but i think consciously and mindfully we leap and we're aware of certain dangers and we are letting fear be present and we're tuning into when it's telling us a nudge that we want to listen to and when it's just flaring up because it's something we haven't integrated but i do think this is a whole also another conversation we could have about like The shadow side of so many emotions getting a negative wrap. Like the shadow is not negative. The shadow is just the other side of things that exist in the human psyche, so that we have a balance between what we understand and what we're still integrating. Yes, the light. Yeah, and I
0: think like when you come to appreciate all aspects of self. You know, mm-hmm. in all the things, the shadow side, the light side, you know, all of it, then we're able to have a compassion and kindness with ourselves that allows for more integration. And the more we resist the shadow side or the dark side and all of that, the more, the less integration we have. So, you know, the less we're able to be whole. I mean, because what we're talking about with integration is wholeness. You know, yeah. integration is making all of those unloved parts of yourselves or, you know, resisted parts of yourselves, it's making yourself whole. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't be whole unless you're starting to appreciate all aspects of self. And that includes procrastination and really what's underneath procrastination because the procrastination is the gift of awareness. You know, what's underneath procrastination is the thing we're avoiding. And that's what needs to be loved and appreciated and and, you know, I think for women, you can you can sort of see areas where it's very common for women to procrastinate, right, across the board. You know, finances is one of them. You know, I think there are a lot of ways money and numbers and finances have been um, – very like negatively impacted women in terms of like we're misaligned with greed, we're misaligned with doing everything just for the money, we're misaligned with the, the old idea of sales. You know, yeah. we're, So so part of that misalignment then is we adopt those old mindsets of those old frameworks. And then of course we're misaligned and we procrastinate on doing our own finances, or we've been shamed around finances. Like I know, you know, like growing up or through my, the beginning of my business, especially like I wasn't in it for the money. It wasn't about the money for me, but like, you know, oftentimes the men in my life would shame me around that because it should be about the money and I should be about making a lot of money and it should be Mm -hmm. about, you know, charging what I'm worth. And that's true. It should be. But I think, The way that a lot of men framed it in my life made me feel shameful around not making enough money. And therefore, then I would avoid sort of dealing with the finances for a long time. And so I think, you know, these are things that we, there are sort of common areas that a lot of women have to work with integrating and money is, is really one of those.
1: Yes. Yeah. And yeah, the money stories that you're saying, like that so many women hold and, um, yeah. And there's a lot around, you know, women just working, doing emotional labor, not getting paid. And so there's almost like a disconnection from that energy exchange of money. So then to to look at a whole report, it's like value evaluating people like how much money was going in and out. And you're aware of like how much emotional labor you're providing. You have to look also at your own worth, you know, like how much you've betrayed your worth, you know, if you yeah. weren't calculating certain aspects. (laughs) So it's really, really, really interesting. And for me, I come from a nonprofit world where we've talked about this before, I received a lot of praise for Mm. being in the noble profession that of course, you're not going to make money in that, but you're so great. You're such a good helper, you know, (laughs) my good girl complex um, received a lot of praise and reward. So to look at money, there's a shame around money that's not even attached to us like a personal story. It's just like this Mm. collective, like you're not supposed to be about the money. And so then when you're an entrepreneur, that's a little bit of a problem if you don't look at your numbers, um, because then you don't have a roadmap and you don't really know what's going on, but there's so much. So it can be like, yeah, it can be experiences that you've had, um, that are, that are, you know, contributing to that procrastination because it brings up memories or ways that people used to talk to you about something or experiences you had, or there's a collective consciousness that you are still like trying to um, conspire. You're still conspiring in some sort of truth. It's no longer yours, but to address it means that you have to separate from it. And sometimes the psyche doesn't want to flip a paradigm. It's more comfortable with what it has known. Right. So procrastinating can be like, I'm going to stay in my little lane and I'm keep believing what I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna going to believe. and
0: I'm going to have the blinders on like the horses, yeah. you know, like yeah. just don't the- show
1: me anything else. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Look, and I think, I mean, that is the challenge and, you know, in looking at sort of um, my history with women and working with them and, you know, where the areas where, where people procrastinate, number one is sales and money, like number one like across the board, like a like way high, number one. Number two would be like way down in that list. And yeah. I think it's because, you know, we all have so much stuff around it, you know, whether it's money, sales, value, communicating our value, trying to get someone to buy from us. Like there's so many different sort of areas of conflict within that yeah. topic. And so, so much procrastination is often around putting ourselves out there, you know, Being able to talk about sales, being able to sell ourselves, being able to market ourselves—like all of that—and so I think you know there's a lot of stuff that we all need to begin to integrate and look at. It's not enough just to say, you know, and I see this from business coaches all the time, and you know, it's not enough just to say, "Go sell it, what you're worth, raise your prices, you know, do this, do that." that easy.
1: We would all be like, okay, because I mean, how much we've all read the memes, like we see the messages, (laughs) like we know we're supposed to know we're enough, and know, but that. that work is so much more than consciously knowing that, knowing that you're valuable yes. but being able to actually live that and make decisions from that really embodying that, knowing that to be true. That takes work. And again, this is something we say often in these episodes that the things that we're talking about here, they do take time. They're a practice, And we bring them up to discuss because we know that there are too many of us that are struggling alone, thinking Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with us, that we are procrastinating. What's wrong with me? Everybody else seems to be just fine. But as you can attest to, and with my Mm -hmm. own clients, there's so many ways that people are struggling with resistance in their life or like this fear of integrating. Yeah. And so you're not alone. And the question is not, how am I going to get myself to do this? But what is it that would help me just move a little bit more close, a little closer in to what it is that I'm resisting? Like, can I just sit with it a little bit? Can I question some, like, can I have some compassionate gentle questioning about what this is?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, to be honest, you really have to go through it. Like one of the things I see happen, this is part of the procrastination is a lot of women are like, I'm just going to give up all these areas of my business. I'm just going to, you know, delegate out my sales and delegate out my marketing, or I'm going to do a bunch of stuff on marketing that I can hide behind my computer and no one has to ever see me. And there's all these ways we work around it. But the thing is, you're not actually integrating it and energetically it will always affect your sales. You will not make money unless you get comfortable with sales. You will not have a successful, sustainable business unless you get, comfortable. So it's like, there's no way around these things. And so I love what you just said. I could really feel it. It's like just maybe getting a little bit closer, just getting a little bit more interested, just getting a little bit like more friendly with these parts of ourselves. It definitely is not about pushing yourself past it. You can't like, you can't force yourself past it. It's actually re-traumatizing yourself. It's actually not good for you. And, you know, that's very much the masculine approach is just do it, just, you know, eat the frog as they say, or whatever that is, you know, like, but, but you really have to start to question like the, the wisdom and in the integration is in the questioning and in the exploration and in the, well, what is this? And, and why am I procrastinating? And what does that feel like? And it's allowing yourself to heal because if it is a wound, if it is an old trauma that will take time to heal, but you've got to start just sort of looking at it and feeling into it and processing it. And then over time it integrates, you know, that's when, when, a, I mean, a lot of women come into my program and they're scared of sales and they hate marketing and they're, they're really scared of their value. And Some of them come in thinking they're going to actually breeze through the program and they don't even realize what they're going to move through when they start, when it starts to come up. But it takes time. Like the, you know, my program's developed in a way that allows people to walk through it, to be able to to, you know, have a little baby step and then integrate a little more and a little baby step and integrate a little more. And it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's time and it's, it's patience and it's loving yourself through the process. And it's allowing yourself to have permission to not be perfect, to not get it right, to not quickly move through everything uh, because that only makes it worse.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that just really being gentle. And I have clients that come into therapy, you know, knowing that they're they're needing to work on something, but it may take months before they can even tell me the story of what they're, like the trauma, you know, of what they really want to work on because they're ready, they're at the door, but the pain of speaking to it makes it feel like it's more real. So there's a lot of educating people around that, like, it's going through it, but we don't re-traumatize. We don't have to go through it. It's different now. It's going to be different because you're resourced in a different way. You're sitting with someone who can hold space for you in a different way. And so remembering that that part, your psyche, that's kind of putting its feet down, like having a little bit of a tantrum, it thinks that it's going to feel the way it felt when you first experienced it. Yeah. But remembering, like, your adult self that's sitting there taking you into coaching or therapy or into your business. Like this self is older, more, most likely more resourced, more connected, has all of these tools that you didn't have when you first maybe had the pain point, that first injury or betrayal or whatever it was that hurt you. Um, that's something we forget. We're not the same person as when that first happened. And Trusting your wise self to come forward and also re parent, re -um, assure, and validate yourself like from this new place is a gift to yourself. Again, like the procrastination is a gift into your awareness that this is something that needs to be addressed, and then you, your wiser self, gets to gift back to this wounded part of you this beautiful healing like only you can do like nobody else is going to do that work for you and no one can.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm, I think that's the beautiful part. You know, really what we're hoping to sort of bring to light in this episode and also the last one on procrastination is that, you know, really it's about reframing procrastination. Like, because it's it's a topic that a lot of women think they have an issue with and they're beating themselves up for it. And I think, you know, it's about reframing it, you know, and looking at it differently. And that's the way through it. Wow.
1: So. Wow.
0: I think that's a good time to wrap up for today and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at women arena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.